Okay, I wanna uh, welcome everyone to the uh, May meeting. And I especially wanna welcome uh, a lot of the uh, new people that have recently joined the uh, Kondrat Home Program uh, the past uh, month or so. This is really a good opportunity to meet other folks that are participating in the program and also ask your questions and uh, you know learn and, and also uh, I guess, uh, get support from other people that may have the same problem that you have. Uh, so we have an exciting lineup for May. But first of all, I want to wish um, all of the mothers out there happy Mother's Day. Um, when my mother was alive, she was very influential uh, uh, in terms of me embracing alternative medicine. I can remember as a young boy, she was really into vitamins. And this was before vitamins were popular. Uh, she had a wonderful garden every year, and she really believed in fresh fruits and vegetables, and she wanted me to avoid uh, doctors as much as possible. You know, healing begins at home with uh, good nutrition, uh, exercise, um, and uh, proper hydration. She, she was a very big advocate of that. She was a strong influence in my life. And I miss her very, very much. I miss her very, very much. So this is our May update. Today is May the 7th, and we're having our Condrop meeting. On May the 21st, uh, for the Healthy Vision monthly podcast, I'm going to be talking about improving your vision in a medical system gone amok. And I think it's very, very scary out there in terms of what's going on to our healthcare system. I don't think physicians are um, uh, men of healing anymore. They're kind of arms of the political party, arms of the pharmaceutical company, arms of insurance companies. Um, there's really no more independent thinking out there with medical doctors. So we're going to talk a little bit about that on how you can navigate in uh, this medical system that's gone amok. Uh, also, May the 22nd, which is right after the vision event on Sunday, uh, we're starting something new. We're starting something called uh, Prayers for Vision. And my good friend, I'll talk a little bit more about that. So this is the podcast, Proving Your Vision in the Medical System Gone Amok. And you can join me, healthyvision.us. That'll be April the 21st at noon. And then prayers for vision. This is going to be uh, the third Sunday of every month. That's for those of you, uh, regardless of your spiritual denomination or the church you belong to, you're welcome to uh, join this group. It's going to be led by my good friend, Reverend Ross Montgomery, and he's kind of my hero. He is uh, doing amazing work for people with vision problems all over the world. He runs a clinic in Cuba, Haiti, and more recently uh, in Angola, Africa. And he's invited me to participate in an eye surgical mission in September in Angola. And he's always looking for volunteers. So those of you that would like to join us in Angola, Africa on this eye surgical mission, email me and I'll uh, give you uh, his contact information if you wanted to join us. And I'll tell you what, you go on a surgical eye mission it'll probably change your life forever. You'll be so grateful for what you have here in the United States. And um, 
uh, this is a, a biblical quote from Exodus uh, about as long as Moses held the staff up in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage during a skirmish. And once he lowered his arms, then they lost their advantage. And that's, that's kind of Russ's mission. He goes into these third world countries and he's helping them uh, raise, raise their arms up to begin uh, healing and uh, help them not only improve their vision, uh, but also in their infrastructure. He's really big with supplying them with water purification systems and farming, etc. All right, so also the vision event was a big success. Uh, the recordings are now available for those of you that have not uh, listened to the recordings. I'd highly encourage you to um, uh, download all the uh, recordings. So I thought what I would do now is um, open, open the queue up for the discussions and questions. And the way that um, uh, you can do this is, uh, let's see, you can ask me a question in the chat. Uh, so right here, you can see the chat, you can type your question. Also, there's a way uh, that you can raise your hand. Some of you, I don't see your video, so I'm not going to be able to see your hand. Um, Denise, I can see you. Rudy, I can see you. Um, you can either raise your hand uh, or there is a way. I can't find it, but there's a way that um, you can click on a little your, uh, window. So let me open it up for questions. And you know what? If you're not talking, you hear a child in the background making a lot of noise. Um, Okay, so if you're not talking, uh, make sure your microphone's muted. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of background noise. The children in the background, uh, mute your microphone. Thank you. Okay, so uh, it's open for questions. I'm not even supposed to have my microphone. Okay, Denise. Denise raised her hand. Denise, you have a question. My question is um, the eye protocol, we do the number one on the machine. I do once every day, daily. But the, um, the ones that we were given, number two, three, four, and the five, and we want to do that. How often during the week can we do that? You know, uh, you recommend. Okay, well, that's a good question. I, I really want you to concentrate on doing the eye program every day. I recommend you do the eye program at night. Yeah, that I understand. And the reason why you do it at night, the eye regenerates at night when you sleep. In terms of the other programs, I don't want you to be overwhelmed and feeling that you have to do all of the programs. I've talked to patients and they say, oh my goodness, Dr. Contra, I just can't do it anymore. It's taking me four hours a day to do all these programs. Well, 
The only one I really want you to do is the I program. The other ones you do as needed. So for example, all of you on program number five have the inflammation. Inflammation is a wonderful program to take care of musculoskeletal aches. Uh, you know, you bruise your knee or, uh, you know, you have a, some soreness in your feet. Inflammation is, is wonderful. Uh, if you've had a particular stressful day, you could do the stress program. Uh, if you have dietary indiscretions, then do the detox. And the other ones, have fun with them. Uh, do them as needed. Um, also, the only program that really uh, give, gives you downtime, by that I mean you, you can't do anything else, is the I program. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, um, You know, the, you know, the inflammation, the stress, the detox, uh, you know, all those programs you can do while you're walking. For example, right now, I don't have a, I don't have it on right now, but I could theoretically tuck the glove inside my underwear front and back, and I could be doing a stress program while I'm talking to you, or I could be taking a walk and doing the detox program. Uh, and many people, when they're doing the light therapy, are doing the, um, uh, the stress program. So, you know, while you're looking at the light, hold the gloves in your hand. Um, I sometimes have, um, I think they call it a Charlie horse, muscle spasm in the calves. Mm -hmm. what, what do I do that? I mean, how do I address, which program would address that under stress? Or under inflammation? No, I would do inflammation. Inflammation. Oh, I got a mistake here. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, my slide. I said April the 21st. It's May the 21st. My, my mind hasn't changed to May. I'm sorry about that. Somebody has good, Sue, you have good, good eyes. So it's May. The slide here is uh, said April the 21st but it is May the 21st. Okay, sorry about that. Thanks, Sue, for picking that up. I have a question. Uh, yes, who's, who's speaking? Um, Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Oh, I see you now. Oh, I just made myself show. Um, my question, oh, oh, with the um, microcurrent machine, like, now you can people can update it and not have to go to the office yeah that, which is great yes i think that is great Do, does like the the eye portion of the machine does it ever need to be updated or does it always stay the same well every couple of years i'm updating the eye um protocols oh. based on you know my experience and what i've observed and some research and what i've learned from other doctors so every couple of years uh, most people don't need an update in their eye program, but let's say you've reached a plateau in terms of your vision improvement, or let's say you're not getting any vision improvement, then, you know, definitely give the office a call and we can update uh, your machine. Okay. And it's very easy to, uh, you know, I log on to your computer, you plug in your microcurrent machine, and I take over your computer and I you know, change the protocols. 
but you do need to have some proprietary software and a cable. So you'd have to contact the office for that. The other option is if you're not really computer literate and you have problems uh, you know, with your computer, uh, you can always just simply mail the machine in, but those patients don't like to do that because then you, know, you don't have your machine for a couple of days. Right. Okay, thank you. I have a question about, can I ask another question or someone else? Sure. Question? Um, it has to do with, because um, I have open angle glaucoma. Um, how does like your whole vascular system in circulation um, affect glaucoma? Well, narrow angle glaucoma is a specific type of glaucoma. It's a structural problem. In other words, the eye tends to be a little narrow, and usually that happens in people that are farsighted. Also, it can develop in people as they get older and they develop cataracts. The cataract starts to grow and gets fat inside your eye and can cause a narrow angle. Uh, but those uh, complications are, are very rare. You know, most people with cataracts do not get narrow angle. Uh, so the narrow angle component really has nothing to do with circulation. Now, the glaucoma in general, glaucoma is a disease of the optic nerve. And most doctors want to lower the pressure because if you lower the pressure, that improves the circulation of the optic nerve. Imagine a garden hose in your backyard. And if you put your foot on it and you put pressure on the hose, you're going to slow the flow of water going through that hose. And so that's one of the reasons why the doctors want to lower your pressure. They want to reduce the amount of foot pressure on the circulation. Uh, it, the eye pressure is just one part of the equation. Uh, my emphasis is on what we can do to improve the health of the optic nerve. Improving your circulation, good healthy diet, meditation, positive affirmations, all these things that help your autonomic nervous system will help the function of the optic nerve. And of course, microcurrent is very, very effective because microcurrent does improve the blood flow to the optic nerve, improves the circulation, helps regeneration. So circulation is a very, very big component of uh, the health of the optic nerve. Okay, thank you. How about like blood, you know, blood pressure in general? I mean, with open angle glaucoma, you have elevated um, eye pressures. I mean, how did, you know? Well, how, it, how did... you mentioned blood pressure. Okay. Yeah. Um, there has been some research that show that low blood pressure can actually cause a progression of glaucoma visual field loss, low pressure. Huh. So I would like my glaucoma patients, especially those that are losing their vision, to kind of have their blood pressure a little bit on the higher side. I'm not talking about like 200 over 100, not really high, but generally on the high side. How can you do that? Because I, I think I have a tendency to low blood pressure because my hands and feet often get cold. Um, you know, if you have a decrease in circulation to the peripheral parts of your body, like hands and feet, that's an indication that you may have decrease in circulation to the optic nerve. So, you uh -huh. know, things like exercise, uh, the microcurrent can help improve the circulation. 
and uh, the ways to really improve your uh, blood pressure, get the blood pressure a little bit higher, not only get the blood pressure higher, but the improve the circulation is going back to basics, you know, proper hydration, drinking more water, drinking more water keeps the blood thin and helps it flow through all of the uh, blood vessels. And if your blood pressure is extremely low, then you may want to consider, you know, uh, uh, putting more salt in your diet. You know, salt will help improve the, the blood uh, uh, pressure. No, it's not that low. Um, I was wondering the exercise part, I would think, I mean, I'm guessing things like uh, more, more aerobic oriented, you know, like. Yep. like mm -hmm. Aerobic, as opposed, definitely. As opposed uh, anaerobic. To like, sometimes causes a problem because in anaerobic, you hold your breath. If you're lifting weights, you know, that could cause a slight increase in your eye pressure. I'm not saying uh -huh. avoid anaerobic, but aerobic exercise. So what is the difference between anaerobic and aerobic? If you're able to talk while you're exercising, that's aerobic. So if you're walking or cycling at a leisurely pace and you're still able to have a conversation, that's aerobic exercise. If you're exercising to the point where you can no longer talk, that's you're probably in an anaerobic state. So you want to be in an, an aerobic state. So taking a nice walk, uh, a gentle jog, uh, yoga, tai chi, dancing, all these things can be very helpful. And studies have shown that after a period of exercise or 20 minutes, it does lower your eye pressure. And not only does it lower your eye pressure, it's improving circulation to the optic nerve. I have another question, if I may. Uh, has, yeah, go ahead. I don't think anybody else has one. Um, somewhere, I either I read in your materials or whatever about something like, uh, I, I want some clarification. Like you said, like you, you start the microcurrent, you, you, let's say the thing runs for 30 minutes, okay? So you, you run it for, let's say, 10 minutes, and you put it on pause. Let's say you had, you had to get up and do something, right? Put it on pause. And then when you come, let's say you paused it for uh, 10 minutes, let's just say. So you come back to the machine and you start again. Now, my understanding is that when you start again after that 10 minute pause, you don't really start where you stop, right? No, you do. Because no, you no, do. When, when you pause it, you're stopping the program sequence. So in other words, if you have a 30 minute microcurrent program, you may have 30 to 60 different frequency pairs, all different. Right. If you pause it, you're stopping it right in that frequency pair. When you resume it, you'll pick up at that exact same point. Okay, so but, you don't miss the program. No, you don't like, miss. But okay. let's say you have a 30 minute program and you turn it off and you turn it back on, then you're restarting. And uh -huh. a lot of people make that mistake. They have a 30 minute program and they go, well, I'll just do 10 minutes now and maybe 20 minutes tonight. But they end up, not getting all of the important frequency pairs. Okay, now I understand. So Thank you can you. pause it without losing uh, those important frequency pairs. 
Another question is like, because a lot of this information, I, I will remember some and some I might forget. So I'm wanting to listen to some of them. Where can I access, let's say last month's talk and, and, and this month's talk? Where can I access? Will it be available for It'll us? It'll be available. Go to chondratpodcast.com. All of the podcasts uh, show up there. Or you can always email the office. And a matter of fact, all of you are on my um, email list for the Condrat meeting. As soon as I get the podcast loaded, I send you a link. So pay attention to your email. So it'll be in the headline, May meeting now available. Okay. Okay. What was, thank, thank you. Excuse me, I have a question. What, the one with Dr. Lester, what was that, what was that one called? I'm looking at my emails. Uh, that was uh, the vision event. Oh, okay. Uh, that was the first one in the vision event. Okay. And he had a very, very good uh, presentation. He's a good friend of mine and um, uh, very, very dedicated uh, to homeopathy. And unfortunately, um, homeopathic doctors are, are being attacked right now by the medical board. Yes. In the which is unfortunate. Well, and the, med and the remedies are being attacked too. Yeah. And including myself, I'm being attacked by the Florida Medical Board right now. Oh. Um, by, by what? I'm being attacked by the Florida Medical Board. Okay. Hmm. For prescribing homeopathy because homeopathy has no indication in the treatment of eye problem. So we'll I have an on. interesting homeopathic story. I don't know if I told this at the last meeting. Um, my blood pressure is up and I don't like to take medication, but I'm forced to take medication. And even with the medication, it's still elevated. Hmm. And also I have a lot of urinary frequency at night. I mean, I'm 72 and, you know, unfortunately I got a big prostate. So I'm thinking, well, homeopathy should help. So I took my own case, but that's a mistake. You know, the doctor who treats himself as a fool for a patient. But I said, let me just give it a try. So I took a homeopathic remedy. Uh, and all of a sudden, I'm getting such low blood pressure readings. I couldn't. Huh? And I'm no longer getting it up at night to urinate. Huh. So it's like, you know, homeopathy does work. And every day, that's why I enjoy doing follow-ups with all of you. I get good reports on uh, your progress. Cool. I want to know what you use, but yeah. Um, I have a question about, um, what should I do? Okay, about, um, have you heard of Rolfing? Yeah, uh-huh. And, and the fascia. Um, okay, I'm going to a Rolfer right now. And it's really structurally, it's, it's amazing what it's doing in my body. It's, it's really amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but what I want to know, if, if every organ and every nerve and all those things, everything has fascia around it, how does that affect the eye? Like the trabecular mesh work? Is there some way, you know how you did microcurrent? I mean, it was, um, it was big and you wanted to make it, you wanted to, because it helped you with, what did you have, asthma? No, what did you, whatever, whatever it helped you with. Um, but, um, but then 
you, you then you went to school to learn to learn um, learn so you can make it, but you found someone and you, and you put it on a micro level so it could apply to our eye. Is there a way that Rolfing could apply to our eye, like to the trabecular meshwork, and be able to um, free it up so that the um, aqueous fluid can flow again? Well, you know, a lot of the um, eye procedures kind of are like um, massaging the trabecular meshwork. Um, you know, now there's different procedures where they go in with an instrument and kind of rub the trabecular meshwork, but that's an intraocular procedure. Uh, my interest is in the use of uh, homeopathic medications. Okay. Theoretically, uh, the right homeopathic remedy should be able to change uh, the structure of the trabecular meshwork. Also, microcurrent. Those of you that have glaucoma, we do have frequencies for the trabecular meshwork. So we're sending in frequencies to reduce the scarring, to increase the elasticity of the trabecular meshwork, all these things. Oh, cool. So we're trying to do that on the um, energetic level. Yeah. Now, it, it's also interesting that the whole, um, you know, the, the fascia is connected in the body. Yes. Uh, you know, so like in acupressure, you can massage a certain part of your foot and it'll help your eye. Huh. So a good um, Reiki therapist, a good uh, acupuncture therapist or, uh, will understand that. So it's not like you have to directly massage the eye. You can oh. huh. you know, massage uh, maybe a certain part of your foot to help the eye. It's oh, okay. interconnected. Hmm. Well, Dr. Uh, a Pablo, I have a question regarding that. Uh, there's a question here, is swimming safe with the trabeculectomy bleb? You would have to talk to your eye surgeon about that. Uh, I don't think there's really a problem if the eye is completely healed. And of course, you know, you should be wearing swimming goggles and, uh, you know, you shouldn't be opening your eyes in the water. So I think the risk is very low, but I, I shouldn't comment on that. Um, oh, your ophthalmologist says that microcurrent doesn't work. Well, shame on him. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have spoken to microcurrent to the Italian Ophthalmology Society. I'm going to be speaking in August to the Colombian Ophthalmology Society. And I'm going to be talking about microcurrent and homeopathy. So there are many, many ophthalmologists using microcurrent. The Germans are using it, the Italians. And I think it's a shame and the ophthalmologist that states that it doesn't work um, hasn't really done uh, the research. You know, medicine is constantly changing. Things that we're doing today are going to be outdated. And unfortunately, ophthalmology, and I'll be talking more about that on May the 21st, uh, you know, ophthalmology is being run by Big Pharma and the government. Uh, Rudy, you have a question? I just want to repeat something I've said before on previous podcasts, uh, Dr. Conrad. I have lab results that show the homeopathic remedy you gave me has improved my thyroid function, and I've been able to lower my, my dosage of thyroid medicine because of it. I just want to make that mention. And I'm sure that yeah. your medical doctor will say it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> but if he was truly a man of science, he would be curious and say, well, let me talk. You know, I'd be happy to talk to any medical doctor if they're interested. 
Oh, and I'm going to be speaking to the Christian Ophthalmology Society in June. I'm going to be talking about homeopathy. And I think this is a perfect group because they're more into treating the whole person, you know, not just the eyeball. And I'll be speaking to that organization in June on homeopathy. So more and more eye doctors are interested. Uh, but I think the medical profession, the traditional medical doctors are scared because it does work. And really there's no money to be made by big pharma. Uh, Maddie, you have a question. Maddie's raising. Yes, I do. Uh, uh, the question is, uh, how much weight do you put on the Bates method exercises? And the reason I ask that is that uh, I've noticed the stresses in my body, including stress in the, uh, where I hold stress in the upper back and the, and the neck. And I've been re reading Bates uh, uh, quite a bit. And uh, of course, Donaldson uh, uh, Huxley's book, The Art of Seeing, and I'm wondering how much weight you put on uh, doing those kinds of exercises, massaging around the eyes and uh, the palming and all that's involved in the Bates method. No, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of the Bates method. In fact, in my book, uh, The 10 Essentials to Save Your Sight, uh, one of the chapters deals with the Bates method. And uh, you don't massage the eye. You know, when you're doing palming, it's not a massage. You close your eyes, cup your hand, and in a way, it's kind of like poor, a poor man's microcurrent. Our bodies are an energetic system. If you do curly in photography, you'll see radiations, energy radiations. So when you're doing palming, you're actually doing a type of um, a microcurrent to your eyes. Mm -hmm. And I like um, sunning. Um, you know, sunning, you're getting uh, infrared light which penetrates into the eye. And now there's many, many research articles that show that the infrared light to the eye can help with macular degeneration, glaucoma. And the giant swing that Bates talked about is coordinating the central and peripheral vision, kind of like a form of Tai Chi. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big advocate of uh, Dr. Bates. Great, thank you. Uh, we have some questions here that, um, Husband has been using the microcurrent machine for years and still has swollen retinas. Well, in a case like that, we may have to change some of the frequencies in the machine. And um, uh, also maybe he might need a different homeopathic remedy. So, you know, our bodies do change with time. Um, so I would be happy to take a look at his eye records. There won't be any charge for that. Just send them to the office. I'll take a look at it to see if we need to update something with him. And uh, this is another one. Last time I had my eye scans, it looked like my scans were better than the previous ones. Um, and the doctor said he didn't see a significant change. Well, the doctor doesn't believe that there can be a positive change. And I've seen patients have improvement of their scans, you know, routinely, you know, doing microcurrent light therapy. I've received my new homeopathic remedy and the new instructions called for distilled water. Should I have been using distilled water with my previous remedy? Well, distilled water is not required. You can probably use tap water. When I take my homeopathic remedy, I use tap water. I'm too lazy to just get distilled water. 
it's probably better to use distilled water, but I don't think it's going to affect the outcome of your homeopathic remedy. And a lot depends on your water situation. You know, if your water is reeks of chlorine and, you know, you, you have really bad city supply, then I would, I would go with distilled water. But I don't think that's essential part of the homeopathic treatment. Let's see other questions here. I'm scanning here if anybody has their hand up. I have a question if you don't find one. Yep. Go ahead. Who, who was okay, this? Um, Leanne. Um, where am I? Okay, Leanne, go ahead. Okay, my question is, um, oh, have you heard of um, practical homeopathy? Uh, say that again. Have you heard of practical homeopathy? Um, no, what is practical? Okay, it's, 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 um, there's a, um, okay, it's, what is it? Joette Calabrese is a homeopath. Well, yeah, homeopath. And she, um, she started out with classical, it, but, you know, sometimes it was hard and she, you know, like 60% of the time you could get a constitution on help the person, but it was a really long process and people had to suffer in between. And then she heard of um, um, a family in India, the Banerjees, who have um, practiced. Okay, I don't, I don't like the Banerjee approach. Oh, you don't? Okay. I don't like the Banerjee approach. He changes remedies very quickly. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of these eclectic methods, but put it this way, 90% of the top homeopaths in the world practice classical homeopathy. Right. There's a lot of lazy methods, uh, you know, different eclectic methods, combination. That is not the best way to practice homeopathy. Okay. 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 Because my understanding is like even a classical homeopath would use in acute situations, Arnica, there are certain things that Arnica always works for. Cantharis is for burns. I mean, there's certain things that, that always work for, you know, for most cases. And my understanding is what the Banerjee's because they they see such a huge they see six thousand well they well they they consult either online or in person six thousand people in it in a week there's ten anyway there's a lot there's doctors and they have you know because it's been generational and because they see such a high volume of patients they've seen in glaucoma patients um, eighty percent of them if you give them argentum nitrocin two hundred plus not plus but and lycopodium thirty twice a day, it can lower their eye pressures or, or, or um, you know, um, cure the disease. So um, well, I don't, um, I don't, I don't believe that. That's a simplistic okay. approach to homeopathy. Uh, okay. You treat well, the person, that. you treat the person in homeopathy. And actually, I've studied with Dr. Banerjee years ago oh, in, okay. in the United States. I, oh, yes. yes. And I've also been to India. And I've studied with uh, many, many Indian homeopaths in New oh. Delhi, Madras, and most of the good ones are classical. Okay. Uh, this idea that there's one homeopathic remedy for a disease has uh, a lot of shortcomings. And we always worry about suppression. It, it turns homeopathy into allopathic medicine. If you have glaucoma, you take argentum, nitrogen, yeah. and lycopodium. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's sloppy homeopathy. It's good for treating a high volume of patients, but you really don't cure the disease. Like for example, my asthma. My asthma was cured. 
with classical homeopathy. And prior to that, I was taking different combination remedies, you know, for asthma and allergies. And it may have helped a little bit, but the cure, and that was 20 years ago, was with one homeopathic remedy. When you said the combination remedies, were those homeopathic or something else? No, no, they were, home they were homeopathic combination. Like over the counter or from a homeopath? Uh, they were over the counter. You know, they have like asthma formulas or allergy right. formulas. It's like cool. three or four different remedies. And a doctor will say, just like Banerjee, I've treated a thousand patients. And uh, well, like for example, uh, there was a study published on 295 people with cataracts that were reversed. And they used five remedies, okay, for treating 295 patients. So the, it, it, it's not good thinking to say, okay, I'll just mix those five remedies and it'll help everybody's cataract. It doesn't work that way. Hmm. I wish it did. Yeah. And, and it and, doesn't okay, work I was, that way. I should just say, yeah, because a lot of the, a lot of the over-counter um, combinations have like a ton of things in there and you figure one of them's going to hit it. <laughs> Well, here's the other issue too, that the homeopathic remedies were proven one remedy at a time. By that I mean like when Belladonna was tested, it was one remedy. We don't know the interactions that take place when you mix a homeopathic remedy. You put five remedies together, you don't get a combination of those five. You get an entirely new remedy picture. So that's the yes. scary thing. Well, well have, has anyone tried proving combinations? Not to my knowledge. But first of all, homeopathic proving is really, really difficult. And I've been involved with a couple of provings. You know, you need a group of like 20 or 30 people. They got to have a commitment and you record your symptoms. Um, and it's an art doing a homeopathic remedy. And there's no reason for it because simply classical homeopathy works. And the, and the, you know, the broader thinking of classical homeopaths is that combination remedies do not work. Now, maybe for an acute problem, you know, let's say you have hay fever and, uh, you know, you don't have time to go to a homeopath to get your case taken. Uh, you know, you take a, co a combination remedy and it may help a little bit. But those are those are good questions, and those are questions that come up all the time when people begin to look at homeopathy. Rudy, did you have a comment, or I, I just have a quick question, if I may. Um, what is the best type of water to use with the microcurrent machine, Dr. Condra? Okay, well, you shouldn't actually use distilled water because distilled water doesn't conduct the electricity. So you could use distilled water with maybe a pinch of Himalayan sea salt. I just recommend you use tap water if you have okay. a decent source of tap water. Okay, thank you. Um, I just put into the chat a link for a free webinar film that's gonna be shown today at 2 p.m., which is after this meeting. It's about, um, vision, improving vision, the natural way. And you have to register for it and it's free film. And I recommend it because I, um, I, um, they're reputable guys. 
Um, so I who put are in the, two who links, are the people who are the people doing this? Um, one is uh, the one one is um, a young man called Ox uh, Oxen. Um, oh, I can't. Nathan and, Oxen, Nathan yeah, 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 right. He's one of them, and then 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 he collaborated with a with a um, with a person who's also in the natural healing with um, eyes and also a filmmaker or something. Plus, the film was recommended to me by by this um, um, vision teacher from Spain. Her name is uh, Einhoa Frederico. I don't know. She, she, she method. The, anyway. Are they doing the Bates method or? Yeah, it's Bates oriented. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Nathan, Nathan does. Yeah, there's Bates a whole method. group of uh, Bates uh, vision therapists. I know um, I'm good friends with Tom uh, Quackenbush. Uh, Tom oh, Quackenbush. Yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah, is Tom Quackenbush was a guest on my radio show a couple of times. And you could probably go to one of the older podcasts. And also Mayor Schneider, uh, Mayor oh, Schneider yeah. in San Francisco. He and I used to do lectures together. And also the late um, uh, Grace Halloran. I don't know if you heard of Grace Halloran. Uh, I dedicated my microcurrent book to her. Grace was big with different eye exercises. Uh, it's a really good book to read. It's called The Amazing Grace by Grace Halloran. In fact, I dedicated my microcurrent book to her because she was the first one to use microcurrent on her eye. She worked as a physical trainer for a California sports team, and they were using microcurrent for um, athletic injuries. And then she worked with Dr. Joel Rawson, um, and they uh, developed some frequencies, and she tried it on her eye because she had retinitis pigmentosa and it helped improve her vision. So she was actually one of the first persons to use microcurrent on, on her eye. So she was really a pioneer. Okay, uh, qu uh, other questions? Yeah, I have something else to ask you. So I went for the um, laser um, iridoct. I, I, ir how do you say that? Iridotomy. Um, irid yeah, iridot for my left eye, okay? So apparently um, the, the uh, surgeon, by the way, I, I haven't given you the name yet. I will write you an email. He's willing to talk to you, by the way, my... Uh, my uh, surgeon okay oh, good so, uh, and so i'm going to send you in your email anyway he apparently he did it the left eye and so i went back uh, but i just circumstance you know because uh, he had a he couldn't come to the office so two times i went you know the, his my meeting was canceled and during that time i've changed my mind about doing the right eye i think i was um the reason why I changed my mind is because he he didn't think what I got from him, he didn't think that that particular procedure will help my right eye so much because I say it's because it's very blocked and mm -hmm. he said yes and he 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 must and then the other thing he was thinking he didn't come out and say it but 
but uh, he said a more aggressive measure. But I, I talked to other people and I think, and then when I looked at his notes, I realized what he was thinking of was called, it's a procedure called trabecular. I, I don't know where they open up they it's, it's not the cornea having to they they take your eyelid you know they you know they open it up and they they stitch it I mean I can't remember. it's a trabecular uh, plasty but that's a major procedure no not a plasty it's um it's oh here it is I wrote it down trabeculectomy okay trabeculectomy but that's a major ocular procedure which is the last and that's why that's why he was well he was saying that you know that's from the notes i read so and i know that's a very you know that's very aggressive i know that people who've taken it and uh, you know one of his pages and i know it was saying great things about it but i know it's also it's very risky and i don't have insurance it's going to be a lot of money i don't think and also it, it tends not to last very long too a lot of times oh. you need to repeat so there's many, many other procedures you could do before that. But I don't want to tie right. up the whole the whole group lesson here talking about, you know, this particular problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can maybe so I just send, wanted, me the, I will, send me the records or I could talk to your doctor. Right. I have a question. Her her like it has to do with the a Zen gel stent procedure, which my doctor recommended. I mean, I mean, what are the risks and benefits? How long does it last? What does it feel like? When well, the stents, the stents are very, very popular. And um, I've actually been trained in the Zen stent and I've done a couple myself. Um, you know, it's probably a much safer procedure than the trabeculectomy uh, because it's a, you know, a very, it's minimally invasive. Uh, what I would recommend is you know, first would be running, you know, run the course with alternative treatments, because I do, do believe that the microcurrent light therapy, all these therapies can help. One thing you have to be aware of, doctors focus on the eye pressure. Right. Let's say your pressure is 14 and they go, it's too high for you. We got to get it down to 10. Well, if you're doing the microcurrent light therapy and homeopathy, your eye probably will better tolerate a pressure of 12 or 14 than if you weren't doing anything. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I've seen patients with uh, glaucoma that have gone blind with pressures of um, uh, five. And then also patients with pressures of 20 had good vision all their life. So it's more than pressure. Mm -hmm. So don't be talked into, into surgery just based on a number. It has to do with you know, your visual fields and other laboratory tests that they do. And I'd be happy to take a look at your records and, and make a recommendation. You know, I'm not totally against surgery. I wear two hats and sometimes you do need a procedure to lower your pressure. I mean, if your pressure is 30 and you're doing the microcurrent and everything and you're taking three eye drops and it's still 30, then you have to do something. We can't wait for like a homeopathic remedy to take effect. I mean, we can't dilly dally and be changing remedies or frequencies. You really got to get the pressure done. But that's an unusual situation. Okay. Well, I will send my records.
And that's my interest really in the, you know, the non-surgical approaches of glaucoma, I really do. And I've been doing research with other people in terms of looking at, you know, specific frequencies. And it's kind of interesting. This was uh, 20 years ago when I began doing microcurrent, I didn't treat glaucoma. And then I began having an interest in glaucoma and began treating, you know, a few select uh, patients and it wasn't really effective uh, because I was using frequencies uh, for the optic nerve, the trabecular meshwork. And I wasn't lowering the pressure, but when I began using different brain frequencies, autonomic nervous system frequencies, that's when the pressure, we, we saw some results. And a lot of eye doctors believe that glaucoma is a disease of the central nervous system. It's a disease of the brain, not so much the eye. So that's why all these things in terms of reducing, balancing your autonomic nervous system, reducing stress. Studies have shown that meditation, deep breathing, you know, can help. Uh, Betty, uh, you have a question? Yeah, I sure do. Um... The brain balancing um, option on the microcurrent therapy, would that help glaucoma? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, interesting. Good question. I have incorporated the brain balancing in all glaucoma protocols. Hmm. I think the brain balancing is so important for glaucoma that it's now part of all glaucoma treatments. So when you're doing your eye glaucoma, you're getting the frequencies for the trabecular meshwork, the optic nerve, aqueous, all these things, and you're getting the brain balancing. Okay. It, you know, I really felt a difference when I did do the brain balancing. I'm starting to do it every night, you know, after the eye mm -hmm. uh, routine. And it's, uh, it's really neat. I can't really explain how I feel. It just sort of calms it down, calms my head down. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know, a, a good analogy for the brain balancing you know, when your computer is all screwed up and it, nothing works, what do you do? You reboot it. You mm -hmm. turn it off and turn it on. Well, the brain balancing does that. It kind mm -hmm. of re reboots your brain. It shuts huh. it off and opens up a clean slate. So all huh. the garbage that's going on inside your brain <laughs> goes away. Oh, it really helps. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I only have a very quick question, Dr. Condra. Denise, another question. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, be I better um, do a webinar just with you. <laughs> yeah, I would love it. You know, because I'm a, a new person, you know, like this is so new to me and I, you know, so I have all the, um, I've only done the, uh, I've only gotten it together to do the uh, microcurrent machine two times. So, So, you know, uh, you know, back to back on two days. My question is, and I didn't know that you recommended to doing in the evening. So now I, I, I now I know. The, the my question is, after just two times, I'm 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 seeing that this has improved my my right eye, and and that gives me so much hope. That's oh, that's one of the, and that's another reason why you know I I'm really hesitating on the surgical business. My question is this, do you think it would be harmful or, or, or I could check, you know, experiment 
to do it one time in the a.m., you know, say in the afternoon early or something like that, and then one time before bed, like 12 hours apart for the, for, for the, uh, for the eye treatment. Okay, well, I don't like when patients experiment. I've been doing this for 25 years. I kind of know the protocol, so I don't like when patients begin doing it twice a day and changing protocols. I mean, you okay. can do it, but I'm not recommending it. You know, we have a, a program that works very well. And if you're okay. new with the program, I ask you to follow it the best of your ability for three months. After three okay. months, you can experiment on your own, but I don't like it when people, their first week, they begin experimenting and they'll run it back to back and, you know, don't do that. No, I mean... I, back to back is one of what I mean is today is, uh, uh, what is it? Today's Saturday. I did it on Thursday and I did it on Friday. So that, so I, I did it. I followed the protocol. Well, you time can, you do your eye program uh, on a 24 hour cycle. And the reason for that, okay. uh, studies have shown that uh, the, the eye functions on a 24 hour cycle. It tends to regenerate okay. at night. So that's why I like you to do your microcurrent before you go to bed. I mean, theoretically, some, some patients like to do it in the morning. They feel that okay. it perks up their eyes and makes them feel better. That would be all right. Yeah, yeah. But as it long does. as you do it, it on a, you know, a regular time every, every day. If you want to do it in the okay. evening, that's fine. You want to do it in the morning. Some people don't do it in the evening because they get tired and they fall asleep and they forget to do it. I, I do it so so that I start it so that when I fall asleep, you know, I, so I can just fall asleep and it doesn't matter when it ends. <laughs> right. Then you have sweet dreams and, you know, a positive affirmation and that kind of resonates with your body all night. Yes. Oh, well, I'm gonna the brain, uh, the brain balancing program is different than the brain sensory program. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to combine the brain balancing program with the brain sensory. That's something I'm gonna do, I'm gonna be updating. So those of you that do want the brain balancing. Some yeah, of you right. already, some of you already have it. If you have glaucoma, it's built into your eye protocol. Okay. Both of them built into it? If you have a glaucoma treatment protocol, you have the brain balancing. But so then you would just do the brain sensory. Uh, the brain sensory is not the brain balancing. That's a different program. And you just said you're going to combine them. So would you combine them in the future? In the future. Okay. So if any of you want to update your program, we could do that. Okay. And you'll let us know when. Like, is it in like months or? Well, we could do it, year. you know, next week. We could do it anytime. Oh, wow. It's up okay. to you. I mean, some of you, uh, you know, who, who want it, then would have to, but that means that you'd either have to send the machine into the office or, um, you know, get the software and cable to update it. I have another homeopathy question. Have you heard of a documentary called Magic Pills? Uh, no, magic pills. That's a new one. I just heard about it, but I guess, you know, it, it's, um, 
It includes examples of people in third world company in third world countries using homeopathy, and in one in one of the um, one of the um, videos or whatever podcasts or webinars that you had shared was about homeopathy, about what they did in Cuba with that certain epidemic that happens every year with the flooding. That mm -hmm. that is one of the examples in the documentary, and so I'm really interested in that. Yeah, well, one thing there's there's uh, in homeopathy it's called the um, I think it's the genus epidemicus. Oh yeah. The, it, when you have an epidemic, there tends to be either one or two homeopathic remedies. Like for example, I belong to the American Institute of Homeopathy. And this is a group of about 30 to 40 medical doctors to practice homeopathy. And they have an amazing experience with COVID. And if you go to the American Institute of Homeopathy website, just Google American Institute of Homeopathy, there's a brilliant Canadian homeopath, Andre Sain. Hmm. And he gave a lecture on his experience with, uh, with uh, a homeopathy in the treatment of a COVID. Very, very successful. Very, very successful. But the genus epidemicus is one remedy. And it, it, apparently it's baronia uh, that seems to be the number one remedy. So I've been in certain situations exposed to COVID patients and I take that prophylactically. Huh. So that's where homeopathy there tends to be one remedy to treat everybody. That's in major epidemics like the cholera epidemic, the typhoid epidemic, there seems to be one or two homeopathic remedies, which makes it easier. Everybody gets the same remedy. You can treat, you know, thousands of people quickly without, you know, sitting them down, you know, tell me your symptoms. When did it begin? Uh, right. So you could do research so on the genus epidemicus. And so it's always just hey, one yeah, uh, one, one remedy. Not always, because see, the COVID virus um, uh, evolved. So initially it was one remedy. Right. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was, uh, I know Baronia was one of them. Rust talks, I think, was one of them. And it, it varied. You have to get the right stage yeah. of the whole viral But I'm having a problem. And not to do within the individual progression of the disease stage of however the then I would check out the um, embryonic. I would check out the uh, American Institute of Homeopathy website. Okay, cool. Do they tell what, what potency? They, they talk about the, the homeopathic yeah, remedies that were used, but that may not be appropriate yeah, now. 20, 20. Because the COVID virus has a right. okay. really different well, symptom yeah. complex. And uh, so usually, you know, I'll go on the website and I belong to different chat groups and they'll say this, this tends to be the trend and I've had these cases, uh, you know, with, with COVID. Okay. Question here, uh, what is the brain sensory program? Well, all, all your machines have the brain sensory that's on your machine because I do believe that the brain is an important part of um, uh, your vision. 
you know, your senses. You know, put your glasses on so you can hear me. Or turn up your hearing aid and then read the eye chart. <laughs> the senses kind of work, work together to support each other. Is that why the ear doctor sends us yeah, add in large side by side speaker? Side by oh, I didn't side. hear that comment about ear doctors. I was just, I was trying to be funny, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, click on that. This? Yeah, click on that picture. Hers? Yeah. Okay, any other uh, questions? Double click on him up there. Okay, somebody's talking in the background to themselves. <laughs> I'm it, it's Marianne, and I can't. I'm having trouble connecting, and I can see your picture, and I can see um, the other person. But I'm I've got a screen here that says Vision 2020, and they're blocking. Uh, it's blocking my whole screen. So I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, you can. Uh, that's the chat. I think it's the chat group. No, Excel. There's no way I can exit out. Um, I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, I okay. can hear you. Do you have a question? Um, oh, I let's see. I I just started with the machine, and I um, am using uh, every day the eye, and then I alternate with my other protocols, and um, I do twice a day, uh, uh, two treatments, uh, two sessions. And um, I uh, have just got my yesterday, my package with the rest of my, uh, for my uh, light therapy and for, to be able to start with the urine sample. So I'm, I'm just new starting here. And um, I am very, very hopeful for uh, being able to have some, you know, restored eyesight. Okay, well, keep us posted. How are things going so far? You've done what two treatments? Uh, today, uh, today will be the fourth treatment, fourth day. So yesterday I did the eye and I did the um, uh, stress, and then the day before that I did the eye and then I did the um, detox, and the day before that I did the eye and the brain. So that's pretty much how I'm uh, working with it, uh, twice a day to do sessions. No, it's kind of exciting, and I, uh, you know, wish you the best. We'll all Thank be you. We'll all be praying. It, it's very exciting because I always felt like I had some brain fog, and just with doing the four, the couple of times that I used it, um, I think it's clearing it. I, oh, I really feel, I feel very positive oh. about it. Good. I have a funny story to tell you. You know, the first time I microcurrent before I treated a patient. I felt it was important that I would treat myself. So yes. I hooked up the microcurrent machine. This was many, many years ago. And you know, my first, my last thought I had when I put the um, gloves <laughs> over my eye, I, was, yes. I saw the front page of the Pittsburgh press, <laughs> local ophthalmologist right. blinded by microcurrent. <laughs> <laughs> I was really nervous, but after I did it, I said, Oh, you know what? My vision's clear. I mean, I had perfect vision to begin with, but things seem to be a little sharper. So then yes, I, had, and I had a lot more confidence in recommending it. 
And the, uh, the other thing is I'm an esthetician and for probably a good 25 years, I've used microcurrent machine uh, for my facials. And um, it, without that, I would not have the results that I have and the, the repeat of the clients. I have a question for you. For the facial treatment, what level of uh, current? What was the current level for facial? Oh, in, uh, you know what? I can look that up for the next time. I have my book, but I, what, I was never keyed into what it was. I just learned what to do and how to use the different serums with it. And the mm -hmm. most important thing to me was the fact that they modified it for the skincare. And it was, oh, maybe 20 years ago when the doctor, some of the derms were doing the real uh, intense peels and the mm -hmm. people would literally have so much of their skin come off. And the, he devised the um, modification so that he could help it heal better. And uh, that did, but I also remember them saying that years ago, uh, people who could not take medications orally, they would just put it on their skin and use the microcurrent machine for that to be able to be absorbed. And um, th that was pretty much what I needed to hear to convince me. So uh, I've used it ever since. And um, I just use my different serums. I have a very good brand of uh, products. And um, uh, people come back and tell me wonderful stories about, oh, I just had someone one woman told me she was in a parking garage and uh, walking towards her car and there was a man who was looking at her and he literally walked into one of those big cement posts because he had to take a second look. And I said, oh, I love it. Come back with those stories all the time. Yeah, the number one use of microcurrent in the world is facial rejuvenation. Ah. The number ah. one use. And also, you know, you're putting these different um, uh, creams and agents on before you do the microcurrent yes i'm a big i'm a big advocate of essential oils especially yes. frankincense yes and, um, those of you that want to maybe have an additional effect put a couple drops of frankincense oil in the water before you soak your washcloth or put a few uh drops of the oil on your finger and put it you know above your eye below your eye then put the gloves on but uh it's amazing if you do research on frankincense oil in terms of its regeneration capabilities studies yes. show that it repairs dna and, and and cellular damage so um i have taken uh, courses with um uh some of the people from like Kurt Schnabelt was a biochemist and he studied extensively and has his own company for essential oils. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the ones that he, I really got turned on to was helichrysum. Have you ever heard of that one? Uh, say that again. Helichrysum, sometimes they call it everlasting. Is that a combination essential oil? No, that's... Um, that comes from the flower. I think it's everlasting. But anyway, uh, when I had my um, when I had learned about this many years ago, taking these classes from these people, one one man was from France and he used to know the fields where it was all grown, and the other man was from England and he had worked with a doctor who healed everybody with essential oils, and. Um, 
so when I learned about this, I start learning how to mix and what to mix. And uh, my son's friend, they were fooling around and he ran into one of these metal signs and uh, he got stitches completely across the, from the top of his forehead down the side of his nose and on his top lip. And he said, oh, the doctor told me I'm going to have to have um, some skin grafting. And I said, well, let me mix you these oils and let's see what it'll do. And uh, he, he healed beautifully. It was um, his, his doctor, he was afraid to tell the doctor what he was doing. And the doctor said, you have really good regenerating skin. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and he, we have, uh, we have time for one more question. Um, I have a question. Okay. So Betty, Betty, I think your hand was up. Yeah. Yeah, just real quick on the frankincense oil, you know, there's kind of two varieties you can get. You, you should I get the the, the true frankincense oil? Then there's a, a cheaper version of that frankincense oil. Well, you well. want to make sure you get the organic version. Organic version. And also, um, I did a podcast with Dr. Uh, Victor Marcel Vega, who's a medical doctor who's done a lot of research. If you search in my podcast, Condrad Podcast for Dr. Vega. He gave a really good lecture on different essential oils, and he talked mm. about frankincense. Okay. So it's important okay. that you do the organic. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, well, listen, we're out of time, um, and I want to thank everybody. Uh, please um, uh, join me on May the 21st when I'm giving a talk on uh, surviving in a medical system gone amok. And also, you're welcome to join our prayer group on May the 22nd. That's going to be run by uh, Reverend Russ uh, Montgomery. So thanks, everyone. Uh, oh, happy it, Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Dr. Condra. Thank you, Dr. Condra. The first Saturday, is, so that's when we can ask our next question. Yeah, the next, um, the next meeting will be the first Saturday in June. Thank you very much. Thank okay, you. thanks, everyone. Thank you.